looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm Mmm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows and I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world but I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans because I know part of the normal routine year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars however none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons but I do have a little suggestion for you SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, 
they obtained autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises, whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as, besides getting their autographs, you can do live Zoom calls with your favorite stars. You can do personalized videos for people, greetings of some sort. They just have many options. So if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions, check them out and see the options they have. SignatureHorror.com That's right, SignatureHorror.com everybody, this is Brooke Feast, your favorite bug girl from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world. Croc, Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isle. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. This next guest is known to the mainstream audience as everybody's favorite bug girl, Debbie, from the widely successful Nightmare on Elm Street 4 Dreammaster. However, like an onion, she has many layers and many roles besides her appearance on the Mickey Mouse Club. But the most important title for her is Mom and Wife. Let's welcome Brooke Thies. Yay! Hello, everybody! <laughs> How are you this morning out on the West Coast? That was a very nice in- introduction. Thank you. Uh, Thank everything you. is good. We're, uh, we're getting cool here, um, which is probably warm for everybody else here. <laughs> it's like, you know you know walk around in the morning it's 40 degrees i'm like oh my god i'm gonna die <laughs> <laughs> you're not a cold weather person no i am a lizard so i do not like the cold and i know the newest hiree elena has been excited for this yeah From I when i said it. yeah guess what guess who's coming on weren't you elena yeah i <laughs> i know brookie <laughs> mm-hmm. We've met a couple of times, <laughs> and I have to say, this is such an honor to get to interview you like this. Oh, so fun. Well, I will say full disclosure that, and I know you two talk on Instagram and stuff because of the time differences, but I will say that Brooke was putting Elena over, as they would say in wrestling, for saying how excited and how just nothing but positivity for Elena. So that's definitely a good thing. Yes. Aww. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'll stroke her ego a little bit here. Might as well tell her. Right. Exactly. He asked me about you. So I put in a good word for you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Brooke. <laughs> this is a great day. <laughs> Just don't cry until afterwards. You look like you're about to I'm not going to cry. I'm a professional now, okay? Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. So, first and foremost, I want to jump into the personal thing. I, I noticed 
or and then we know everything on the internet is true. That, <laughs> right. Yeah, that dad was a Western actor playing who was a villain in most of his roles, and mom yes. was a model. What? 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 That's too funny. Yeah. So my dad did. Um, he did like a. So, yeah, both my parents were like you know aspiring actors and had done some stuff. My dad went to UCLA, and uh, my mom was uh, from New York City. So yeah, my dad did a couple of westerns, and I wish I knew. I, I I can remember one of the titles, and now it's totally blanking because I didn't even think I'd be asked this. So yeah, so he did some westerns, and my mom was um actually a really pretty successful model in new york even though she was only five four at the time um at the time in this i guess 50s thought you had to be five eight my mother desperately wanted to be taller but she 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 kind of looked like grace kelly and um so they just loved her look and she worked a lot so i used to go through her um her modeling book and see all her tear sheets and stuff and uh and i remember after i got married i was I looked through it again one day and I was like, Oh my gosh, mom, you did a, uh, advertisement for Genesee beer. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems, which, um, you know, my last name is Genesee. So, uh, I mean, we were laughing about that. So, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so would you say, you look more like mom or are you a mixture of both parents? Cause obviously it helps that, you know, mom was a model yeah. and everything. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I kind of look like my mom. I definitely don't look like a model. I never modeled in my life. So, um, but That's I look more lie. like my mom. That's a total oh my lie. God. No, I <laughs> no, I could not. Was, my mother is gorgeous. I, I fall short of her. So, um, uh, no, yeah, no, I look like more like my mom. I have her smile, and um, but I have my father's coloring because he's German, so I'm very blonde, and that's uh, definitely from the German side. And then the you know, other sides, Jewish, and you know, I you know, so I don't know what I am over there. <laughs> so the blonde and fair skin definitely is like Northern Ireland, not Northern Ireland, but Northern Ireland, Northern Germany, I think. <laughs> yeah. But that's why she looks turkey treat the turd. Uh, I knew this is going to make it into this. You know, I can't help it. (laughs) But to be honest, if I actually said it in my own accent right now, it would sound like 33 and a third. But if I wanted to ham up the Irish, the, you know, typical thing, it would be 33 and a third. Oh, thank you so much for doing that. I love it. You know, that one was I just wanted to say, I like saw this ad, or not the ad, the trailer for a new film called Wild Mountain Time with uh, Jamie Dornan and Emily Blunt and Christopher Walken. Mm. And, and, mm. It, and um, I, I got to be an extra in that movie. Oh, but, fun. When I saw the trailer for it yesterday, my heart literally died inside because the accents are so bad. <laughs> It so, must be hard when you, you know, it's, accents are hard. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not very good at them. You know, if I do one, I have to study really hard. So, I mean, especially when you're from a certain region, you hear it mm-hmm. immediately. We do our best, but oh my gosh, I know. It must be really hard when you hear accents and you're like, oh, they butchered that. Oh, especially that's right. because 
one of the guys is actually Irish in the film, and then he just managed to sound bad. Like it's just oh, it's not maybe, funny. It is so bad. But anyway, so back to you, Brooke. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say there before we got yeah. talking about accents because we were talking about looks and who she looks like and all that fun stuff. And I didn't see a ton of it. I'm not familiar with it. But apparently you bared resemblance to Maxi's series of dolls. What in the hell was that all about? Oh, my gosh. That was um, actually the, one of the coolest things I've ever done. So I somehow won the role of doing all the commercials for um, new Hasbro's new fashion doll, which was called Maxi. And um, I had done a couple of interviews and then they told me I had booked the job and I was over the moon. So I won a five-year contract with Hasbro for, to play the live, you know, the live representation of Maxi. So they flew me all over the world. I shot in Australia. We shot the commercials in Australia several times in New York several times, but then I also traveled um, the United States talking to girls and I had a, huge script um talked about you know getting an education and being true to yourself and it was really quite incredible um it unfortunately only lasted two years because she just couldn't compete with barbie but i I tell you that was a really um that was a really cool contract that that i booked so i was very very honored to do that and yeah there the commercials are pretty funny to see i did so many of them so um they had i had the most incredible wigs they were like i don't mean to talk about numbers but they were like ten thousand dollar wigs on my head they were made by dolly parton's wig maker i had everything like to the t in terms of my um costume down to like my earrings and the things in my hair were were like mirror images of this little doll so it was pretty it was pretty cool i actually have a funny story because meryl streep is like my idol right so i'm in new york city and we're in some you know tall building that are a bunch of studios and i'm shooting and i'm in like this nightgown thing scene you know we did all the vignettes of the doll like of so like the dolls in like this pajamas and then she's having a pajama party and so then they would switch to me having a pajama party with my little friends which were my other little doll friends in the series or in the line um of the fashion dolls and so somebody's like oh my gosh Meryl Streep's on the floor I'm like shut the front door and I was like so I was like I gotta go find her so I go into the bathroom and she's in there with her little girl and then she's walking out and I finally have the courage to walk up to her and shake her hand and say oh my gosh i just love you and and you're the reason i became an actor and um you're totally my idol and as i'm walking away i'm like realizing i'm in i in this <laughs> i look like i'm in my this pajamas with this wig on and i look like a living fashion doll and i'm like oh my god she's probably thinking what did i inspire <laughs> oh jesus don't mess with me i'm one crazy mofo I love that so much. <laughs> but it was very cool. I still got to meet her. It's so awesome. Okay, so I'm going to take over, Brookie, and I'm okay. going to jump in, and I'm going to go straight for a little show called Just the Ten of Us. And I'm going to say, just before I get started, that it's going to frustrate me because we can't get the, 
the full box sets because of the copyright and yeah all all that stuff but um i just want to say from what what i could see and what is available to see there's enough to um identify with your character and know that all the girls in the family have different characteristics and it must have been you know really pivotal for young girls and everything to be able to relate to a certain show and look up to you guys and the hair and the outfits. Oh my God, the the 80s, right? (laughs) It was so good. Yeah, I'm still going to ask you how to do your hair, you know, like. Oh, I I know. Like I said, there's a lot of backcombing. (laughs) (laughs) So just to start off, um, what was it like working on a successful TV show for three seasons? Yeah, so just the 10 of us is so near and dear to my heart i i i don't know how i got so lucky for that to be my first series but i literally am still friends with all of them like from bill kirkenbauer all the way down deborah Harmon, who played my mom is like my second mom uh i text these people and talk to these people weekly and um joanne willette's son was a roommate at uh they Joanne's son went to Berkeley. My son went to UC Santa Cruz, and then he did, his girlfriend went to Berkeley. So they were roommates, and I was like, "Can you believe they're roommates?" So when I saw him on like in video in utero, and then now <laughs> our children are rooming together, so they're very close to me. So um, I was very lucky to work on that show. We were truly a family. When you hear people say that, I don't I don't know if they really are, but we were such a family and it was an instantaneous kind of thing and it was so fun but it was so fun yeah so all the characters were all a little over exaggerated a little bit 80s but also that's you know i learned that's kind of what the producers do like in the first season or so um they kind of over exaggerate characters so people can identify and then they kind of start calming them down a little bit. But yeah, I was the boy crazy, you know, um, mischievous girl. And it was, she was so fun to play. I just loved my character, Wendy, and she was crazy and funny. And, you know, all she thought about was boys and, and uh, it was, she was fun to play. Well, it's and did you, worth- did you, sorry, Jonathan. I was going to say, she was so boy crazy. There was this guy apparently on the show named Blitz that she ended up meeting and marrying <laughs> years, years later. So go ahead, Elena. Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's right. Um, so, Brookie, did you find uh, delivering comedy challenging? Yeah, comedy is really hard. I mean, you know, that people always say drama is hard, but comedy is really hard. Timing is is really hard, and um, I love that sitcom format's my favorite. If I could do another sitcom, I would be there in a heartbeat. I love the format of being able to rehearse all week. I love the format of putting it up in front of a live audience, so it's kind of like doing a play. Uh, I love the multiple cameras. Um, I love working a scene, a comedy like that, you know, all week is really great to be able to, to work out the kinks. And uh, yeah, I love, I love sitcom comedy and I love slapstick. I love physical comedy. If I have to fall down the stairs, I'm like, I'm in, totally in. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I'd always try to find comedy, physical comedy with my character, whether she was coming down the stairs in a costume and the costume knocked out all the pictures off the wall and, you know, climbing through windows and stepping into sinks full of water. And so she was really fun. So, um, 
yeah, just physical comedy and comedy in general is, is very challenging. But when you when you do a scene and you know you nailed it and everybody, all the players were like, yes, it's, it's very exciting, very thrilling. And uh, were you nervous to sing? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a singer, although all I wanted to be when I was young was a veterinarian and a singer. So I love to sing. I know, right? Oh, so I love to sing, but I am. I'm just not trained. I'm not a horrible singer, but I am not a trained singer. So I don't have a lot of confidence, but we had a lot of fun. We actually worked with a vocal coach and um, the first the first episode that we sang, we sang live. And that was, uh, I think it's technically it was hard for the producers and to, to make it all work singing live. So then after that, we lip synced. But it wasn't, it was us. We just went into the re- studio and recorded. And that was a little easier, a little more controlled. And especially for me who like, you know, if I hear another, I, I'm like tone deaf. Like, so if you go on another pitch i'll go over there and if the person next to me goes a different way i'll go over there so it was better for me to be kind of in a controlled environment and be able to um pre-record them but it was so much fun and i don't know if you guys know but we sang the national anthem at daughter stadium which was another feather in my cap um it was like so cool i tell people that and they're like no and i'm like yes isn't that cool (laughs) and i can't find a video of it i'm gonna have to ask the producers if one of the producers if anybody has that on 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 tape because that was really really fun i remember we were walking out and they were like okay so you have to be really aware of like the bounce back so when you're singing your voice comes back to you like 10 seconds later and you're like Oh my God, it's a really It could weird... throw you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least they had told us that. So we were like very aware. And, and, uh, and I stood next to Jamie Lunar, who played my twin sister. And she was a very good singer. So I was like, okay, just Jamie, let me stand on the end of you. So nobody's to the left of me. And I can't hear anybody else. And I'll just stay with you. And that's what we did. I just, uh, a lot of times I sang next to Jamie. And the good thing is she sang so well that they invited her as a guest on the Mickey Mouse Club, as we said. I'm going to insert clip here of oh some of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Say, you want to come inside my clubhouse? 12-year-old Jennifer Crawford from Tascosita, Texas, and 12-year-old Karen Hoffman from Humble, Texas, are best friends. They told us that they'd like to spend the day with one of the stars of TV, Justin Kinnivas, Brooke Beach. We arranged for them not only to spend the day with Brooke, but with Brooke and her best friend, Michelle Roberts. Here's what happens when best friends get together at the Rodondo Beach Pier in Rodondo Beach, California. Watch. That's hysterical. That was the exact reaction Elena said we'd have. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah, we don't have the Mickey Mouse Club over here, but I certainly have heard about it because, you know, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and all of those people kind of started yes. out in those. So yes. I was able to, to understand what the show was supposed to be. And when I saw the clip, I was, this is just gold. This is the best thing I've ever seen. It's like, why don't we have shows like this? <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. Yes. That was such a such a popular show. And gosh, boy, did it catapult a lot of um young actors and single singers into uh into the industry it's pretty pretty amazing little start play a start yes place to start and so for- I got 
Crazy. Sorry, Elena. Full disclosure here. She can't see my phone, but I just picked it up. And to answer Brooke's question, yes, it'll be eight o'clock. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> perfect. I just saw ten, a ten thirty uh, um, um, Zoom call, and I was like, yeah. oh, "No, did I make get it wrong?" But no, East Coast time. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so uh, any funny memories of the show that really stick out in your head, um, in your memories, Brooke? From yeah, so, yeah, oh, there's so many, there's so many memories, but I will tell my one funny story. It was the second episode, season one, and um, the parents go camping or something like that. So we had this whole, like, camping nature set full of trees and rocks and dirt and, um and I'm a really pretty outgoing person, but sometimes in certain settings, I'll be a little quiet and shy until I kind of know all the players in the scene. And, and so I was probably, you know, being quiet or whatever. And I remember I hear my mother, Deborah Harmon, say, go, Brooke. And I'm like looking for her. And I see her. She's like bent over ba me, bare-assing. I don't know if anybody knows that in Ireland, but she's like <laughs> mooning me. There's so many terms for it. And I was like, oh my God, Deborah Harmon. And she was like, man, I had to bring you out of your shell. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe you just mooned me. And she's like, she, we were, to this day, we laugh about it. So very, very funny. <laughs> So to end my little segment on just the 10, ten of us, I will ask this uh, electric question. Oh, gosh. Way that I learned. Uh, so where do you think Wendy would be now in social media and all this? What do you think she'd be doing? That's so funny. So, you know, I think most people think that, like, Wendy would be like a stripper by now. But um, <laughs> I actually think Wendy would take it a turn for the better. I think she would get past her teenage, you know, create boy crazy years. And I actually think she would become like, I don't know, something really smart, like maybe a lawyer or something. Cause she was pretty, she was pretty convincing. She could definitely negotiate her way out of anything. And uh, she can convince her sisters to do whatever she wanted. So I think she would be a lawyer by now. I think, yeah, I think she would have outgrown those crazy times and, um, and be a real force for women. I'd like to think that. Awesome. <laughs> you want to jump in, Jonathan? Yeah, sure. Why not? Well, I was thinking, and obviously mentioned it during the intro there, that Many people also know you for some little role with the name Debbie from Nightmare on Elm Street. Hey, baby. You're sucking on the wrong nozzle. Hey, yo, needle dick. I bet you're the only male in this school suffering from penis envy. <laughs> da -da -da. I, I know, scary. And I know Elena's got an opinion on that, as she told me yesterday. We'll let her get that out as well. But can you tell us about the audition process and how you got the role? Yeah, so it was just a normal, you know, interview. Um, and then I got, so I did the first interview and then you get your call back. And I remember I got, a, you know, I got the call back and I went back and I read it again. And, um, and then I think I had a third call back and it was with the director. And um, I remember we were on was following us around the room and we were doing which is not usually 
um, common. So usually you just sit in a chair and everybody's at a table, you know, and they're staring at you. But um, Rennie Harlan was really cool. He was there with his camera and he was following us around as if we were already filming the scene. So he really, he really kind of wanted to get an idea of what we, I guess, look like on camera and how we, we played with each other. So I remember that very well. And then, of course, I remember getting the job, getting the call that I had booked the, the, the movie. And, um, you know, as a young actor, you're just, it's still, as even as an old actor, I get a job and I'm, it's so exciting. It's just like, <laughs> my father used to always say, relax, you're on vacation. Because an actor's job is to interview and that's your job. And once you actually get a job, you're on vacation. So I was like, yay. Uh, so that was very thrilling. So I was very excited to, um, to just book a gig. <laughs> Right on. Elena, do you want to elaborate on what I hinted there? Uh, what you hinted? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say, in case you didn't know, Brookie, I'm a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> no. Really? Uh, yeah, in case you didn't know, but yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I just wanted to say, like, personally for me, um, Debbie's Demise is like one of the most inventive super gross but like visually mind-blowing of the series to me because i have arachnophobia and i get really antsy around bugs so whenever i see that it oh, just kind of like impacts me like way more <laughs> that's so funny that must have been like you could have totally hit home with understanding that character <laughs> yeah totally but also you get bonus points in my heart always because uh of Sinead O'Connor's uh, awesome right? workout song. Right? So, so yay, Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I know. She was, oh, the music in that movie is so good. It's so good. Uh, so <laughs> I had a kind of random electric question again, because that's my new okay. favorite word. I, I wonder who called me that word. Yes, eclectic, yes, the eclectic <laughs> question. Ooh, I yes. love it. But um, I wanted to know, um, is there any characteristics of your character, Debbie, that you saw in yourself or do you actually, can you relate to any of her? Because I kind of, you know, you see her being working out and stuff, but I felt like deep down she was a kind of a strong character and unfortunately you didn't get to kind of show it as much. But do, do you ever, you know, with your characters, can you relate to her in a particular way? other than? I think um, the one way I can relate to her is that I, I hate cockroaches. So, <laughs> I, and the funny thing is, is I am, a, I love bugs. And so my favorite bug is a praying mantis. And I, I make sure I cup spiders and get them out of my house and never kill them if I can't, if I can help it. So, but I hate cockroaches. I used to go to Florida um, and visit my grandmother every year and their cockroaches there are huge. And my brother used to overturn like rocks and stuff in the backyard because he was a boy and I was a total tomboy and he would unearth all the freaking cockroaches as they would go scattering. And I was just like, oh my God, that's disgusting. I thought that was horrible. But so, yeah, so cockroaches is, I think my relationship with, uh, with, um, with Debbie, my relationship with Debbie, because I actually, I'm really... I'm a tomboy and I like to climb trees and do that kind of stuff, but I'm not, I, I never saw myself as a very strong kind of character. I was a cheerleader and I danced and, and, and all of that kind of 
girly kind of stuff. So I think maybe my inner child came out with Debbie because I was very um, tomboyish, like I had said, and um, and you couldn't really mess with me when I was ki a kid. But as I got older into my teenage years, I became more of a girly girl. And um, so I think I'm now I think I'm a happy combination. But back then I was like, you know, I I worked out a bit, but she was like, you know, put my bike over my shoulder and she was just a badass. So, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so I think, I think, like I said, I think Debbie brought out my, my younger, my youth and myself and the, that kind of toughness and belief in myself. Side note, cause you mentioned praying manis there and it got, yes. me thinking, it got me thinking to a couple weeks ago with, cause it's still kind of nice, but changing over. Yes. Weather-wise, here on the East Coast. And we had a uh, – everybody's in my house now because of COVID and all that fun yes. shit. Yes. Yeah. Fun, fun. It's <laughs> me and my, and my parents again, which is hilarious. I love it. But so we had this – so my niece and nephew came over. We were talking about when we were shooting the breeze before we started recording. Yes. My niece is three years old, and we had a – praying manis about yay big on my front screen door oh my gosh yeah big yeah he this was a big praying manis and my niece is like oh i need it i want that became her pet and named it fancy nancy after a netflix show no oh my god that's uh, terrible this kid's a trip they're fun, actually. My I had a pet praying mantis, and we kept him in this big aquarium for the just the summer or whatever. And we fed him meat with tweezers, and they are fascinating to watch them eat. And then um, we let him go, uh, or her. I think it was a female. Um, I think they're all female. Is that correct? Like they mate, and then they. I think they eat their male. They're. I'm not eat the male. I'm not really sure, but anyhow, then we put them put her on a tree and she she did she laid an egg sack so she was female so they're fascinating they're fascinating bugs cockroaches not so much <laughs> well be guys, before i let it oh go ahead elena sorry i was gonna say you guys keep talking about all these bugs and i genuinely only get to see those kinds and like documentaries and movies because in ireland as far as i know we don't have cockroaches and it's they were very rare we'd see a praying mantis I'd say oh, we'd have to God, i'm moving to ireland <laughs> i guess it's just too cold right it's too cold exactly yeah, yeah. it's too cold <laughs> so with the makeup effects on that side of things i i've heard the name on several occasions from several different people but maybe you can describe a more screaming mad george oh my gosh screaming mad george is a hoot he is this little Asian, when I first met him, so he's this short little Asian guy with like multicolored hair. And he literally, I'm not kidding, laughs at everything. He's like, I made this. <laughs> oh, look at this. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, he's like fabulously crazy and um, super talented. And I was just really fortunate to, to work with him. I'm still friends with him. So I, I, I again, cherish that relationship. So. I'll have to send you the video I saw this morning. Uh, there was a video on YouTube from a like behind the scenes and some of the makeup. And, yes. But there part of the video you could see George. I think it was George. I know you saw him laughing, like you said. Oh right, a, yeah. But there's a 
put some, I wasn't sure if it was George or whoever working on you, but I knew it was you between the blonde hair and the workout tank top you had that gray. Yes. But I, yes. I look at Brooke, you know, it was fun. They were working on one of your arms, which was funny. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. The arms were crazy. People always ask me about the arms. And so I always try to throw it in. They were actually, I think made out of some kind of fiberglass. So they were, they were light and they were every little part of the arms, they were on hinges. So I actually manually worked them, but just by moving them back and forth, they, you know, they kind of, you know, you do the, the, um, the motion of the, the wave. I don't know what it's called, <laughs> you know, just the movement of it. And then I had these little, I had this like wrap around my whole waist and it had kind of like backward cones and I'd put my elbows into the openings. And so uh, that kind of completed the arm. And then there were, there were handles inside and I could hold onto the handles and that's how I moved them back and forth. And um, then uh, screaming would uh, drape all the flesh all over it and then airbrush it and get all the guts coming out and, and, and all that wonderful stuff. And that still took about three hours to do that, to do the arms. So yeah, but it, fun. it was actually your real arm that they had painting up or whatever. I guess it was glue or you oh, couldn't really, I, see, yes, couldn't really I know see. What, Yeah, I know what they were doing. So what, and a lot of people don't know this. In the very end scene where I get crushed, right before I get crushed, the, the um, bug in the foreground is myself. I'm in this big, huge bug costume from like my butt all the way to my head. It was huge. It was like I had to get inside it. Um, and the head of the, of the costume was worked by, you know, remote control and the wire, the cables and all of that stuff, um, by the special effects guys off, off, off of, uh, off camera. But I was in that bug suit. And so they, I know exactly what they were doing. They were, I had these rubber gloves all the way, way past my elbows and they were airbrush, probably airbrushing them to blend in to the cockroach uh, costume. So like I was doing push-ups the whole time in this cockroach costume. So I had to like lay down and my hands were kind of in front of me bent and then they'd go action and I'd pop up and I'd move all around. And, and so that's me in the costume. And if you watch carefully, you can kind of see the outlines of my arms, but it's very hard to see. You'd never know if you didn't, weren't told that you, I have, my hands are right in, right there, but they're totally blended in. You can't see them. Hey, Elena, you got one? Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Brookie, how does it feel to know that you're a part of a hugely pivotal franchise and you made American Horror History? Yeah, it's pretty it's, it's very cool because first of all, I love horror. I'm a big horror fan myself. And my brother, I had a, a brother who was four years older than me. He was into all the classic horrors from, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon to Frankenstein and all of those. So, and he would get books and magazines, you know, like I guess what Fangoria would be today, but he had these hard cover and soft cover big books. And I remember I would go into his room and I'd flip through them and they were fun and creepy and, and he was very into horror, so he kind of introduced me to horror. And um, so being part of a, you know, iconic, classic franchise is is mind-blowing, really. It's, it's, I just got lucky. Like I said, I was so excited. People were like, I just booked the job. I was so excited. The fact that I got to 
turn into a cockroach. I remember reading the script going, oh, gee, I wonder how they're going to do that, having no clue <laughs> the kind of practical, you know, makeup and effects that they did at the time. And um, so as I started getting involved with that, it was pretty cool to watch it jump from the, the page to the screen. So, but I really had no idea, you know, the, the intricacies and the, and the detail that's involved with practical makeup and effects. Uh, so yeah, so to be something part of pop, pop icon, pop, pop culture and a pop icon or whatever is, is, is really, I don't know, just a feather in my cap. I have a handful of those in my cap <laughs> and this is definitely one of them. That's awesome. Um, so yes, uh, I am going to end with another eclectic question <laughs> to finish Nightmare <laughs> and um, ask you if you could go back to playing Debbie again with all your experience that you ha and knowledge that you have now, would you change anything? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. It's like watching, when I watch it, I cringe at a lot of stuff. I think just... I would change how I, I wouldn't change anything about Debbie. I would just change line delivery. I think that would be about it. Right. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Like, Oh, I hate how I say that line. Oh God. It's terrible. Oh Lord. It's very painful sometimes to watch. And then you just have to let it go and enjoy it. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to start singing a frozen song. Uh, I know. Please ride. Yeah. Especially with the three-year-old niece around. I'm sure. Uh, she yes. Yeah, but, but uh, curious to know, you know, because I mentioned in the intro, and hopefully this is true, that your most important role is being a wife and mom. What do your kids think about your pop culture status with both TV and movie uh, fame? I, I, yes, being a mom and, and and a wife really is my most important role. So all I ever really wanted to be was a mom. So. Um, I wanted six kids and then I had a boy first and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> One and done. I'm like, oh my God, this is really, 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 really hard. He almost killed himself twice, no joke. Getting into everything and um, a couple ambulance trips to the hospital. Um, so that was really fun. I was like, yeah, I just have to keep this kid alive. So I can't have any more children. But uh, then, of course, I had my daughter 13 years later. So, uh, yeah, no, my kids think it's, my daughter thinks it's really cool. She thinks I'm like a movie star. And I'm like, oh, honey, no, I'm not a movie star. <laughs> and, um, and so she loves, she loves to go. I brought her on several, brought her to several conventions. And I actually got to, they, they played the movie at Mon, Man's Chinese Theater here in Hollywood um Grauman's Chinese theater I don't know what they call it anymore and uh so she got to see the film on the big screen actual like you know 35 millimeter tape it was really cool so she thinks it's pretty cool um and my son wants he's a bio major so he was like sure I'm not doing any of that acting stuff that's way too hard <laughs> so yeah my daughter would love to be a singer but she also wants to be a veterinarian, which is really funny that she wants to be exactly what I was. And I did not influence her. <laughs> Purple is my favorite color. It is not hers. So, um, so yeah, my daughter thinks it's pretty cool. And like I said, my son, my son laughs and he, he reads comments on, on my Facebook page and he'll text me like, mom, 
And I was like, what? He goes, well, this guy said like, you're really beautiful and for something. I'm like, come on, I, give me a little credit here. You know, so he's really funny. He gets yeah. very, um, he gets very protective if anybody comments anything. It's, it's very funny. <laughs> I love that boy. He's 25 and my daughter just turned 12. So there's a big age difference. And so it's very funny. But very you know, funny. that's an interesting point. And I know we agreed to, do we have a few more minutes with you since schedule? Yeah. Yes, okay, yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. I just don't want to, you know, change up. But speaking of the age difference there, and I actually yes. asked a recent guest, I believe it was last week, who has three kids and the one came a little later. Yes. She had the child in her 40s, which God bless her. Oh, I, I always, I always said, and uh, most parents agree with me, when you're younger and have your kids, you have the energy. But you don't have the patience. But yet when you're older, you have the patience. But, See, in the, yeah, and I feel the exact opposite. I was a much better mother younger. <laughs> <laughs> my poor uh, I, have, I have no patience for my daughter. I'm like, I'll be yelling at her. I'm like, I never yelled at my son the way I yell at my daughter. So I think I suck as an older parent. And I was, I was so lax. My son would like, like he, well, he was crazy. So he'd be like up in the tree, 30 feet high. And I'm like, just use your best judgment. You know? <laughs> so it's, you know, so it sounds like you're going to have a lot, whole lot of fun as she gets ready to enter her teenage years. Oh, God. It's going to, I got to hold on. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Oh. Yeah. She's a feisty one. So, yeah. But, but, you know, you do. You have, I think, when I was, as I step back, as I realize how fast it goes, I, I think I appreciate moments with my daughter um, way more than I did with my son because I, it was, you just don't realize it when you're in the thick of it with children and it's hard to see out of the forest because it's all encompassing when you have young children. And so now I think I do appreciate, even though when I get mad and obviously I apologize and go, okay, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. <laughs> well, and everybody, if anybody yelled at you, I'd beat them up. So don't let anybody yell at you. <laughs> well, you know, that's fascinating how you say that. But when you look back, as you said, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Yes. We talked about your parents as well. Yes. But how, what kind of kid were you growing up, would you say? I was a total tomboy. I was massively independent. My parents got divorced when I was 10, and they were not, you know, very happy together before that. So I just was really independent. I was a total tomboy because of my brother. Loved horror, loved climbing trees, loved dirt, loved lizards. And so I was always out. Like, we lived close to the beach and so I was just out and I would you know it was it was the 70s I grew up in in the 80s I was a teenager but in the 70s you know you went outside and you didn't come home until the porch light you know turned on so yeah we had a lot of freedom and um, I think there's a, a beauty in that kind of freedom that our kids don't have my kids certainly didn't have um, and so I think that breeds independence. And so I was incredibly independent. I left my house by 17 years old. I went to NYU, to School of the Arts, and I was gone and I never came home. So uh, I was just independent, kind of, you know, digging the dirt kind of chick. 
Yeah, until Mike. I got, yeah, until I got into high school, and then boys became very important. I was more like Wendy than I was Debbie. So. Yeah, because <laughs> I was gonna say my nephew's the same way. He's twenty months old, and he's he's the kid you got to worry about. Yeah, you, would you? You're not the kid that that your parents had to worry about. No, I was a good kid. I mean, I struggled in school because I have dyslexia. But no, I was a really good kid. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't party like that kind of stuff. I just, uh, I was, I was, um, I was very helpful around the house. If you know, if there was a leak, I'd fix it. If the TV broke, I'd fix it because I, again, I can't like I became the man of the house at like ten years old. So I, I, um, my mom didn't worry about me at all like that. No. I was I was a good kid in terms of that. Didn't give her a lot too much grief. Of course, if you ask her, she might say differently, but I really didn't. <laughs> well, Elena educated me something here about your career that I wasn't familiar with. So I'll let yes. her bring this up. Elena. Okay. Um yes. <laughs> uh we bring up uh the speaking of older people and being an older uh parent and all that stuff. Uh Brookie, yes. please tell us about your role on the Golden Palace, the spin-off of the Golden Girls. Oh, the Golden Palace, Betty White. So I played Betty White's granddaughter. And I look at back now and I'm like, again, what a feather in my cap to have worked with Betty White. Um, and we had a lot of scenes together and uh, lovely, gracious, kind woman, funny woman. Just what you see is what you get with her. And so that was, um, again, that was just, I, I have had so much luck in my career because really it's it's all about luck i mean you, you have a little bit of talent and you're in the right place at the right time and right people representing you but um it's a lot of luck and getting that role again as i look back um i'm like oh my gosh you know i would love to run into her one day and go oh my god i played in your granddaughter in the golden palace and i love you so much and what a career she's had i think all of us um um envy her and aspire to be her and she's just you know she's she's pretty spectacular you were very well cast brookie like you genuinely kind of resemble her and you had that like really like innocent vibe about you i loved it so much so oh thanks it was fun it was a cute show it was i remember i remember i didn't know how to say uh blanche's character says yeah. you know she's yeah she's you know i say something about dating people or dating boys or whatever and i say well you know blanche told me and then she's like well what did she say i was like well she actually said i, I date men and men and many boys <laughs> and i I, saw, I don't know the line not getting the line right but i remember um you did, you did. Um, I, I actually wrote that down in my notes to actually bring that scene up because that was did. my ass off yeah, Rue McClanahan had to like, I was like, how will you say, how would you say this? And she was like, oh, I would say men and men and men. And I was like, oh, perfect. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That's amazing that you brought that up because a genuine, it was just about to say that That's... scene makes me laugh so much. I know, right? It was so fun. I mean, working with all those gals was, I mean, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. 
Oh and the fact that the fact that Betty White is still going is just like oh, she's just so inspirational. I'm like, oh, I want to be that. I want to be her. I want to be acting until I'm a hundred. It's so cool. <laughs> it's just that that's the coolest thing about acting because I've left the industry for a while, and you, you know it's never gone. It's always there. And you know when you're a performer or an artist, you always are at, at, to the core. And so the fact that that kind of creativity and that kind of career never really goes away. Oh, is very inspiring to me. But speaking of which, the at least last area I want to bring up, and I know Elena knows a little bit about it as well, is do we have to have grief with your husband, Brian, in terms of the role he wrote you in the alternate being the heel? <laughs> What do you mean? Be, be, he, I don't, I'm confused. What do you mean? Because <laughs> yeah, we're not used to seeing you be the bad girl. So. Oh, right. I know. That was fun. Um, I got to beat up, you know, Eric Roberts. It doesn't get better, much better than that. Um, no, that was so fun. That was so fun. Yeah, no, he wrote that part for me, which was very cool. And the fight scene, I, I worked my ass off on. We have got a little bad news here for you. You actually dropped off at the beginning of that answer. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. So you want me to repeat it? Yes, if you could. Yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, it was very cool that my husband wrote that part for me and uh, believed in me that I could do that scene because I don't know if you what you heard, but I, I was very nervous about the fight scene. It was one of those things where you're like, I don't know if I can do this part because I'm terrified of the fight scene. And I worked really hard. I remember working out in the backyard with the big, huge, it was a wooden stick, not a metal stick, and practicing and over and over and over again. And, and Brian working with me because he's a martial artist. And he actually does, one of the things he does is... Um, he'll teach all the actors their fight scenes he worked for new image which was a, it was a new image movie which is now millennium and they just do so many movies but that was kind of he 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 would always do choreograph all the fight scenes with the actors and stuff and so he was working with me and i got some special attention thank god because it was uh it was scary doing that fight scene because i didn't think i was going to be able to do it but i was very I was very grateful that he trusted me that I could pull it off. <laughs> yeah, it happens. You knew the writer. Say that. Yeah, it happens to know the writer, right? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Elena, didn't you have something else for this uh, role as well? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say no spoilers, but I bet you were really mad at Brian for how the end of the fight ends. <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah. thanks a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. I will say this because somebody uh, brought this up with the picture we used to promote that Brooke was going to be here was yes. that, that, that classic scene in the parking lot from Nightmare 4 somebody, yes. asked, somebody asked in a message about it to my personal account so, yes. I said, so I said you know the good thing about that picture I said when I grow up you can't tell with the video how I am now with the flannel shirt and everything yes but, but I hope to have abs like Brooke one day when I grow up. Believe me, I'd like to have abs like Brooke did when she was back 18 years old. Uh, uh, 
Yes. Yeah. Then I, sometimes I always wondered like, why did they pick me to be a workout queen? I was like, I didn't, I was just a cheerleader. And then I look at myself and I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And yes. of course, Elena brought it up as well. When we first jumped on the line to do sound check and all, I hope to grow the hair as well. Right. <laughs> well, I can buy you an eighties wig anytime and we can, we can make that work for you. Awesome. Yeah. Cause between my niece yesterday saying it, then Elena, first words out of her mouth was, you got a haircut. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, it's easier to do with the house here because of uh, this whole COVID stuff. Yeah, yes, so. it is. It's very true. I think we've all become professional hairdressers through this uh, COVID time. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it took a while to find a pair of clippers, but I found them. Right, you know, it does. It takes a little. Those clippers are hard. I've done my husband. It's. I'm like, I'm not really good at that, and so I think I nicked him one time, and so I'm like, I'm so sorry. Well, I but, think you may have owed him one for something at some point. Pardon? You might have owed him one for something along the way. Oh yeah, I owe him a lot, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, too so, funny. To wrap up here, do you uh, have anything? upcoming that you'd like to promote i did see something on instagram yeah so i'm actually coming out of retirement for a little bit i'm going to do a project called seasons uh horror film actually lisa wilcox and danny hassel are going to be in it as well um and it's a really fun movie it really kind of reminds me of creep show i don't know if you remember creep show the movie not the tv show they did a movie with um ted danson i think it was in but it was a bunch of vignettes uh so this is kind of visits all four seasons and it's all full of vignettes and it's um i love the writing and i love the concept and so i agreed to do it so i'm actually really um excited about that and looking forward to it Elena? i don't know when yeah i don't know yeah. when it's going to be out I, we're, we haven't even shot it yet so uh, i think it's december january it'll be shooting uh so yeah so it's very exciting so watch out for it it's yeah they seasons. mentioned 2021 so yeah 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 definitely it'll be fun um of course i'm terrified because i haven't acted forever so it's you know it's the normal fears of of, of actors and insecurities <laughs> oh, i'm sure you'll be fine Brooke. i'm like do i remember how to do that do i remember what acting's like but it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it really i am i'm well, looking forward to when the cons are back so we can all yeah i know i know i know They've been really creative through this whole, I mean, we all as humans have been very creative through, through COVID. I think, I think this whole COVID time, we've actually really learned what the importance of family is and time. And we kind of had this, I look at COVID and now obviously I'm very blessed to not have lost anybody through COVID and my hearts go out to people that have, um, but having been stuck at home, having to be stuck at home it was a really little gift of time with my with my daughter and my family and uh and my son came home a couple of times he lives in norcal and uh it was a really precious time and i'm very grateful for it and uh, i think we were very creative with what we did i think we were i think people realized that oh i can i can work from home and i think a lot of companies realize they're employees are very happy working from home. I think they learned that we could, you know, that they could 
um, rent less space, save money that way. And people are home and working from home and they're like, they can take a break and walk their dog and eat their lunch with their, whoever's home in their house. And so I, I think as humans, we've, we've really been creative and uh, I hope the vaccine comes out. I hope people will take it when it's safe. When Fauci says, I'm, that's when I'm taking mine. <laughs> um, and uh, I, you know, we have to, you know, we, we will get through this and we are all here and we're all working forward, you know, moving forward to back, getting back to normal life. And it will be really fun to go back to, to cons. So I'm actually going to think you're listening to scientists and people who actually study that kind of thing. Yes. 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 How yes. About that? Now, yeah. Now, how about that? If more people would actually do that, we'd be all right. Yeah. We'd be all right. I, you know, it's like, you know, you can't, it's kind of like you have to kind of have to look at it like this. If, if you take a normal vaccine for the flu, and I know some people don't, and I respect whatever, you know, it, we're all different. And, um, but, you know, we get, we, we go to the doctor, we believe in the science of x-rays and mammograms and all of that stuff. There's science behind it. And so let's, let's, yes. let's, let's let, let's let them do their job and, and, and us listen. And, you know, they talk about going back to school and the kids need to be back at school. And sometimes I go a while and, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm either way for that. Um, my daughter's home, but you know, it's like, if you're going to send, you're touting education, let's listen to the people who are educated. Let's listen to them, please. Yes. On that note, we are definitely going to share. If you, people want information or to follow Brooke, we, we will share the Instagram and all that where she's very active. Perfect. And yeah, that's the best way to follow her because she's yeah. everybody's favorite bug girl. Yes, yes. Instagram is definitely better. Facebook, I've been a little active just because of the, the election and stuff, but I don't go, I'll, I'll be months off of um, Facebook. So Instagram really is the place to find me. Elena, do you have any closing remarks? Closing remarks. Turkey train a turd. Yes, turkey train a turd. Sounds horrible, but it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brooke, thank you so much. You guys are so welcome, Jonathan, Elena. Thank you for taking the time and having me on. I, I, I really appreciate it. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Hi, this is Toy Newkirk, Sheila from Nightmare on Elm Street, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. <laughs>